0: Well, brother, once again, Lord be with you as you come before us. I I believe this is part two, isn't it? Something like that. We'll see. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 50. Thankful for Brother John and thankful the Lord has put our lives together. I've been blessed to know him and blessed to know you. And I'm very thankful to be with you again. Now, we saw last night. Verse 15, When Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will perpetuate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, Trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. Last time we saw in these brethren the unbelief that every believer is sometimes overcome with. They thought since their father Jacob had died that now Joseph would repay them for all the evil they had done when in fact he had told them already he forgave them. And he had put them in the land of Goshen and he had provided for them and they had all this good And sometimes believers can be overcome with unbelief and see our sin and think things like this that the Lord now will cast us out, repay us for the evil of our sin. But when they finally went to Joseph, this was Joseph's answer. Verse 19, And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And He comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Our Gospel is the Gospel of free grace. It's the Gospel of sovereign grace. We rejoice to know that all that God our Father chose in Christ, every, every one that He elected unto salvation in Christ, He blessed with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ before this world was made. And Christ laid down His life for us and thoroughly, totally put away the sin of His people. And the Spirit of God is calling out all His people and He's called you out who believe. And He's given you life that you didn't have. He's given you faith you didn't have. He's given you a willingness to believe on Him. And when you went to Christ, He made you know He's fully forgiven you. He put away all your sin and it's all of grace. And how many times when you see your sin as a believer... And you go to him and you ask mercy, and he continues to drop this good news into your heart and make you know you're saved by grace. He's not gonna he's not gonna let you go. He grace chose you. Grace is gonna save you, grace is gonna carry you all the way to the end. You were saved entirely by God. We're saved by our God beginning to end. He's the Alpha and Omega. We have been taught this over and over and over and over by our Lord. We hear it. We rejoice in it. This is our Gospel. How many times does a brother sin and you hear about it or perhaps they offend you and they sin against you and do you find yourself all of a sudden acting like you never heard about the grace of God? Yeah. We do. Yeah. We? yeah. People go to talking. The rumor mill goes and everybody starts having their input and, and, and everybody just is just stirring one another up to forget God. To forget the God of all grace and the grace by which He saved us. For believers who believed on Christ, our sins greatly trouble us. We are yet sinners. We don't love sin. We We don't say, let us sin that grace may abound. But we do sin and we see our sin. But when you go to the Lord... The message is still the same. The grace is still the same. The good news is still the same. And He keeps making you know it over and over and over. Try to remember that when you see sin in your brethren, and when your brethren sin against you and offend you, try to remember how many times the Lord's forgiven you. And keep showing you mercy, 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 forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. And the message is always the same. When we come to the Lord and our sins are weighing us down, the message is the same as the first hour he called us to Him. We don't we would get in this unbelief and we think the Lord won't receive me. I've sinned and I can't be his child. The message is always the same. The Lord says, let the wicked forsake his way. You and I are the wicked in our flesh still. Let us forsake our way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts in our flesh dwells no good thing. We're still the unrighteous man in our sinful nature. Let us forsake our unrighteous thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. This is what the Lord keeps telling us. This is what the Lord keeps drawing us with. And He says, and He will have mercy upon him. Isn't that what He told you in the first hour? Isn't that what you heard in the first hour when the Lord said, forget your wicked ways. turn (coughs) from your unrighteous thoughts, go to the Lord and He'll have mercy on you. And to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. Listen to God now. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Amen. And my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. We're so prone by our nature not to forgive, and we're so accustomed to dealing with sinners in the world that won't forgive, that we start thinking God won't forgive us. And sadly, we get into this place where we start thinking, well, I just don't know if I can forgive this brother that's done this. God says, Forsake your ways, forsake your thoughts, return to me. I will have mercy on you, I will abundantly pardon you, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. He's not like us. Haven't you found that to be so? He's not like us. All these things that sinners use to try to distinguish ourselves from one another. Race, place, face, even grace. Male, female, educated, uneducated, rich, poor, all these things we use to try to distinguish ourselves. You know what Christ did in Ephesians 2? He came and He's our peace. And here's how He brought peace. He fulfilled the law for His people and Amen. took it out of the way but so that there's nothing you and I can use anymore to exalt ourselves over anybody else and say, well, I'm a little bit better than they are. He's our peace. He made us both one. He's speaking of Jew and Gentile elect, but it's so of male and female, rich and poor, whatever the distinction, these superficial skills Carnal differences that we try to use to say we're different from one another. No, we're not. I'm a worm and you're a worm. We're a sinner before God. That's all we are. And if God dealt with us according to what we deserve, we'd be in hell today. That's right. The difference is the difference grace has made. The difference is God has chosen His people and He's called His people and He's made us to see our righteousness, mine, yours, and all who He's called to grace is Christ and Him only. And we don't have a bit of difference in ourselves to be able to exalt ourselves over one another at all. Not at all. This is what creates peace between brethren. This is what creates peace. Nothing else. Nothing else. (coughs) Well, when our brethren sin, especially if they sin against us and they offend us, how do we respond when they ask for mercy? Now, I want you to look at Joseph. Last night we looked at Joseph as a type of Christ and we looked at us coming there with our unbelief. I want you to look at Joseph tonight as the believer that he is. And what Joseph does here, he does only by God's grace. Because he's a sinner just like you and me. Amen. But he did what he did by God's grace. But I want you to look at this, and I want you to think about everything Joseph suffered at the hand of his brethren. They told his father he was dead. And that broke his father's heart for years. And Joseph now knows about this. That they broke their father's heart who thought he was a dead man. They sold him into slavery. He went down there. He was lied on when he got to Egypt. You think about this. You know it hurts when you're lied upon and somebody bears false witness against you. And there's nothing you can do to defend yourself. You can't say a word. You're just going to make it worse if you say a word. And Joseph couldn't. Potiphar should have known how faithful Joseph had been and sided with Joseph. But he didn't. And it was just his wife's word against Joseph. That's all it was. And he threw him in prison. And all of this Joseph suffered. And I'll tell you something else. I think more than all of that evil, that and all that was evil that his brothers did against him. But more than that, after Joseph had forgiven them and put them in Goshen and did all this for them, they're now coming to him. And you think about what they're really saying. They're really saying, Joseph, we don't believe that you're going to be true to your Word. That's right. We think you might now, because Daddy died, you might go back home. your word and take vengeance on. That's even more hurtful than everything else they did to him. Now all of the things he suffered typified Christ. And if you think of what Christ suffered for us, think of what Christ suffered for us, for his people. Think of everything he suffered for his people. And think of how he's forgiven you. You know, you think about it, there's sins you can't even remember. Not only that, there's sins you don't even know. And he bore them. And bore them away. And put them away forever. And God says, I remember them no more. I mean, He when He has forgiven us. God who cannot forget anything, God who knows everything, says look at the record books. There's no record that you've ever sinned. Past, present, or future. Your entire life has been the perfection Christ is. That's what God says. That's what justification is. It's having no record, past, present, or future of sin, only the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God freely has given us. That would help us greatly. First of all, when we start to doubt due to our sin, but also when a brother sins or a brother sins against us, to stop and remember, what has the Lord forgiven me of? What's he forgiven you of? So when they fell, when they came and fell down and said, "We be thy servants," let's What Joseph said to them. This is what Joseph knew. You see, what we're seeing here in Joseph is a sin, Is a is a man who knew something about what a sinner he is. Now, I know the Scripture never says a bad thing about Joseph because he is a beautiful picture of Christ. And I, that's why. But he's a sinner. But you know what you see in Joseph being able to do this? The Lord, if a man can do what Joseph is doing right here, by God's grace, it's because the Lord has shown him what a sinner he is and what a Savior Christ is. That's right. And here's what Joseph answered them. Verse 19. Joseph said to them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? Now just think about that. You know where Joseph was at this time? Joseph is, he's the, Pharaoh is the king. Pharaoh's the Pharaoh of Egypt. That's like being the king of Egypt. It's a title. And Joseph is his, his, his right-hand man. He is the second in charge under Pharaoh. And Egypt is the most powerful nation in the world at this time. As far as men goes, you know, Scripture refers to men as gods who are rulers. Rulers. It just refers to them as rulers. God told Moses, I'll make you a god under Pharaoh. God told Moses that. And it just, it's just a symbol of, of man's power that God gives it. Well, that's what Pharaoh, I mean, that's what Joseph was at this time as far as the position he held. He was a powerful, powerful man. But he was a very humble man who'd been humbled by the grace of God to see what a sinner he was. And his answer was fear not, for am I in the place of God? Joseph remembered this about himself. And he told them, it's not my place to take vengeance on you. Joseph said, fear not, I'm not God. I'm not the judge. That's the first thing to remember. Joseph knew he was a sinner saved by grace. And if we know this, we will remember this. It's not our place to crawl up into the judgment seat. It's not our place to crawl into God's seat of judgment. That's not our place. It's not our place. It's our place to forgive. It's our place to forgive even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. God is our Savior, He's our God. He's our judge. Mine and yours. God saved you and me by His grace and forgiven us for Christ's sake. And the judge, the just judge, because He came and satisfied His own justice in the place of His people and honored His law fully for His people, the just judge says, the just thing is to show you mercy. When you sin, when you fall, The just judge says, because I've satisfied my justice and because you're righteous in me, the just thing is to show you mercy. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for that? He says, there's no more fury in me. He said, I plead the cause of my people. He said, I've taken out of your hand the cup of trembling and the dregs of the cup of my fury. You will not drink it again. That's what God said to you and me. You won't drink it again. But now listen, He not only makes us know this the first hour He calls us, He keeps making His people know this. And if we start trying to crawl up in the judgment seat, He's going to make us know this. Yes, He is. I had a friend that was... Well, my pastor, Marvin Stoniker, he, he went to court one day with a man who was in the congregation uh, there in Franklin, Tennessee. And uh, Jay Bird. And Jay Bird had... Uh, I forget. What, he, he, he worked at a convenience store and he would sold alcohol to somebody that came in and had a fake ID and he didn't know they had a fake ID. And he got in trouble for doing it. And he, he's he just working at a at a convenience store. So he had to go to court. And Marvin's sitting there with him, and the judge keeps on calling out people's names, and several people got up to try to go up and talk to the judge and represent themselves. And the judge was throwing a book at him. I mean he was just telling, them, You don't know the law, you don't speak my language? And you're guilty. You can't represent yourself. And he just kept on throwing the book at them, Making their sentence worse. Their, their fine worse than what it was. This wasn't like some criminal court. It's just minor court, you know. And Marvin didn't see Jay's lawyer <coughs> anywhere. And he was getting worried. And a little bit, the judge called out Jay's name. And Jay just about went to stand up. When he did, his lawyer stood up and said, I represent him. And the judge said, We'll talk later. Next. We have an advocate with the Father. Amen. And it's not our, we don't have to stand up before God and try to defend ourselves and try to represent ourselves. We have an advocate with the Father. And when we sin, now, my little children, these things write out to you that you sin not. We don't want to sin. But when you do, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sin. He is our mercy seat. He is our atonement. He is our satisfaction with God. And He does all the talking for us. We don't have to. Can we not remember that when a brother has offended us and sinned against us? And remember, I'm not in the place of God. I'm not the advocate. I'm not in the judgment seat. What would be better? Turn them to Him who is. Turn them to Him who is. Takes grace, don't it? Takes grace, don't it? But just think, now, when you're sinned against and you're offended and you're greatly offended, wouldn't it be good if we could just take that that offense and instead of climbing up the judgment seat to one another, remember, this is exactly how my sin offends God. When you feel that and somebody did something to you, just stop a minute and remember This is how my sin offended God. And yet God, what did He do for you? He sent His only begotten Son to bear not just that offense, but every offense we committed against Him. And bear the wrath that we deserve and put it all away. We really don't have any excuse for anger or judgment or vengeance of any flavor when somebody has offended us, do we? When we think about what we've done to God and how He sent His Son to lay down His life for us. And yet, I'm right there with you. I'm not preaching down to you. I'm Somebody does something and offends you, and it just, you think, you could have some peaceful time, and you go a little while and you have some peace, and you're walking with the Lord, and, and your heart is set on Him, and, and you think, think you, you you kind of you hadn't had trouble. And then all of a sudden, somebody does something out of the blue. And that flesh, you find out, is still right there with you. That's right. It offends you, and it's still right there with you. Oh, that we could remember! Right then, in that moment, right then, in that moment, I need my Lord to forgive me of this evil in me—not that one that's offended me and caused me in me for being offended and fly to His judgment seat and cast ourselves on His mercy. Because you know what you always find there? Mercy. Mercy. Never-ending, unceasing, unchanging, unchangeable love and grace and mercy for Christ's sake. Mm. Mm. Now secondly, Joseph suffered so much evil at their hands, and yet he reminds them again of God's glory and the good God worked in it to save them. He said, as for you, you thought evil against me. Sin's evil, brethren. Our sin's evil. That's all it is. We don't realize how evil our sin is. Sin's evil. I'm talking about, and I'm not just talking about them people out there and and that that bad stuff that we call sin, I'm talking about whatever is not equal to the righteousness of God. That's right. Amen. Equal. And that's all that's in our flesh. And I don't say that to excuse anybody that has committed some terrible sin. I'm saying that to make you know that though you may see somebody who's committed some terrible sin, your sin's not any less than theirs. That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's the only way we're going to be merciful, is to remember that. Paul was a regenerated believer, and he said, "I delight in the law of God after the inward man." Don't you, don't you love God's holy law? You see how righteous your savior is when you look at that law, Mm -hmm. and it's a good law. I mean, if we could keep the law of God, we would we would be in heaven. We won't need a law in heaven because that will be everybody's way in heaven. It's to just do what the law says. It'll just be our natural way. But you see, that law's holy. It's just and it's good. But the law is good to me because it not only showed me that I'm not holy just and good in myself, it showed me how holy just and good my Savior is and it showed me how holy just and good He's made me <laughs> in Him. So yeah, we love the law. We don't, but I see another law, don't you? And it's in your members. It's in your flesh, and it's constantly, constantly warring against the law of your mind, and it's constantly bringing you into captivity. I get so weary hearing people talk about how they they can mortify their flesh and they can put down their sin. and They can do this and that. Paul said, it brings me into captivity. And what people, people that are going around posting about how they can mortify their flesh and how they can take keep control of their sin, what they don't realize is they're captive. That's right. While they're sitting there making that post, they're captive. By that very law they claim they're living above. It's the law of sin that's in our memory. Who's going to deliver us from that? I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. And you know when you know that? It's when Paul said, When I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. That's right. When he's made you see, you don't have anything in you. We're in the post. Not even any grace to lift your head up. Not any, I mean, you just weak and you just see yourself as a sinner. If he casts me out, he's just to do it. Like where David was when he said in Psalm 51. Lord, have mercy on me. According to Your tender mercy, according to Your loving kindness, deal with me in that. Because I've sinned against You. I've sinned against You and You only. You're, that You might be just when You speak. That's that When we're there and God makes you see, You're righteous in My Son. In that moment, is when you know he's my only strength. He's my only righteousness. I don't have any. And sometimes when we think we're doing pretty good, we're walking along, we're being, we're being good, good little believers. <laughs> and it's just so ugly. It's just so ugly. Because we're not dependent on Christ only. He's got to keep us there. he got to keep us there. But, but think about this. Jo- Joseph says, God meant it to good. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. God is so absolutely sovereign over everything that has ever happened in this world. Everything has been running exactly on track since the first click of the first second. Our Lord has not been out of control of anything. When when the devil was cast out of heaven, that was according to God's purpose. That's right. When he entered the garden, it was according to God's purpose. When Adam sinned, it was according to God's purpose. And everything that has ever happened since then, the sin's all of us. The sin's our fault. The sin is all we don't have no excuse for that. But God's been overruling every bit of it since the beginning of time. And all you got to do is look to Calvary's cross. Men were doing exactly what was in their heart to do. We were doing that to it. We need to stop talking about who crucified Christ. I crucified Christ and you crucified Christ. If you're His, you did. We did that to Christ. But we meant evil, but God meant it for good. And He saved All His people when He did that. He atoned for our sin. He made us righteous in Christ. So look to the cross. Everything that happened worked for the salvation of His people. Now knowing that, when your brother sins, when you sin, when your brother sins, when your brother sins sins against you, Can you not stop and remember? My Lord told me the very hairs of my head are all numbered. He said, not a sparrow falls to the ground without your Father's consent. He has shown me He is working all things together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Can we say that? And remember that? Has He not overruled all your sin and showed you what good He has wrought for you and brought out of it? As evil as your sin was, As wicked as it was, has He not shown you Christ and all the good He's wrought for you in spite of your sin? Oh, that we could remember that when a brother falls. Oh, that we could remember that when they sin against us. I don't know how He's going to work it. I don't know what He's going to do, but it's going to work out for the good of His people. My good, your good, and that brother's good. Joseph, think of what he suffered. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good to save much people alive. How could he be angry at his brethren when he saw what good God brought from it? That's what he's telling them. And he's shown us this, brethren, every day. Every day he's shown us this. Let me ask you something. When you're sinned against, when you're offended, and I'm talking about, I know now, when I say this, I'm not saying as soon as you're offended, just (coughs) overcome it. No, no, no. You won't. I won't either. But it takes a little time and then the Lord brings these things to your remembrance and you start considering these things and He starts humbling you to remember what He's done for you. And He works all this for His people. I'm just trying to tell you some things to help us remember these next time and think about them. Look at what Joseph said. Because he knew God did all this and brought all this good, he said, verse 21, Now therefore fear ye not. I wonder what it would do if a brother sinned against us if we immediately said, Brother, don't fear. No fear. I will nourish you. That's what Joseph told him, and your little ones. And he comforted them, and he spake kindly to them. Is there anybody here who needs forgiveness from God? There anybody? Is. Anybody here who needs forgiveness from brethren? Anybody here who needs to forgive brethren? Without even knowing your particular situation, of every one of us, I say a resounding yes. Yes. Because this is the life of a believer. We need forgiveness from God continually. We need to forgive brethren continually. And we need forgiveness from brethren continually. If we could remember that last part that we need forgiveness from brethren continually, it would help us to forgive other brethren. There's Some, some brethren, I want to say, <laughs> you just don't know how much your brethren are forgiving you all the time. <laughs> God's people know God's forgiveness for Christ's sake not yesterday we know it every day continually we experience it every day the worst of our sin let me tell you what the worst sin we have is the very worst sin I don't doubt this at all if you read Paul's writing you'll find out He dealt with this more and more and more the more the Lord used him. Our chief sin is pride. Amen. Our chief sin is self-righteousness. Our chief sin is thinking less, thinking ourselves less sinful than we really are. That's our chief sin. But what grace... He turns us to behold Christ and what he's done for us continually and keeps humbling us to see. We don't have anything to be proud of. We don't. He that glories, let him glory what? In the Lord. Now I'm going to wrap this up. Now listen to what our Lord said. You know, here's here's where we here's where we are. This is what we do. This is what we say. We are We to justify ourselves. You know that. I preach. I hear what you're saying, but they just keep sinning the same sin. They just keep sinning the same sin. God ever forgiven you of the same sin? You keep sinning the same sin. This is what our Lord said. Take heed to yourselves, and if your brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. Oh, we don't have a problem with that part. It's this next part we have a little more trouble with. And if he repent, forgive him. And this next part we have a great problem with. And if he trespass against thee, seven times in a day. He just keep committing the same sin. If he trespassed against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. You know what the next thing the disciples asked the Lord when He told them this? The next thing they asked Him, Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) Increase our faith. Here's Joseph's brethren sinning against him again. Peter came to the Lord and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? till seven times. That's what he had heard the Lord say. If he sinned against you seven times in a day, so seven times, Lord. Lord said, "No, Peter. So seventy times seven. That's a lot." And then He told that story, and and this just this is what I'm trying to say. This is this is the parable, and this is the whole message I'm trying to convey to you. There's this man. He owed his lord ten thousand talents. He didn't have anything to pay him, and he and his lord came to him for payment. He said, he fell down on his face and said, I, I'll pay you everything. I don't have it. I'll pay you everything. And his Lord had pity on him and forgave him everything. Same man went out. He, he had a servant. This servant this servant owed him a hundred pence. Far less. Far less. He laid his hands on him and he took him by the throat he said, pay me what you owe me. Same his fellow servant did the same thing he did. He fell down at his feet and he besought him saying, said, Have patience with me, I'll pay you everything. That's the same thing he had said to his Lord. And he wouldn't, he would not. But he cast him into prison that he should pay the debt. The fellow servants came and they told this man, Servant. And uh, he said, Oh, that Lord said, Oh, thou wicked servant. I forgave thee all that debt because you desired me to. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was angry and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due to him. And this is what the Lord said about all that. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother his trespasses. Now let me tell you something. I know that you see your brother sin, and I know you want to honor God. You want to you want to glorify the Lord. You do, and I know that you want to see your brethren glorify the Lord, and when they sin. That's offensive to us as believers because it's against our Lord. And that fast, we forget how much the Lord's forgiven us. But let me tell you what the Lord said in James. He said, when we become judges of the law, we're not doers of the law. There's one Lord. He's the judge. And He's able to save and He's able to destroy. What is it to be a doer of the law? It's to love. That's what it is to be a doer of the law. It's to love. And you know what creates love? There is forgiveness with Thee that Thou mayest be feared. It's the forgiveness of God who's forgiven us all this great debt that makes us love Him and fear Him and reverence Him. And what our Lord has done this for is so that when your brother sins and he sins against you, don't try to take the Lord out of His seat and be the judge. He's the judge. He sent the brother to you and put him right in front of you with all his faults and all his sins and all his shortcomings and gave you the eyes to see it and know about it and brought it to your ears and brought it to your attention so that you know this brother failed. The Lord worked every bit of that to bring that right to your face. Why? To give you the opportunity to do for that brother What Christ has done for you. That's why. Get that now. That's why he did it. Not to take him by the throat, not to throw him out. He did it so that you could say what Joseph said to his brethren. I know you meant it for evil. But God man for good. To save much people alive. Fear not. Fear not. I'm not God. I'm not in the judgment seat. Fear not. Let me nourish you. How are you gonna nourish your brother? Tell him what great things the Lord's done for you and for him. Remind him. Turn him back to Christ and remind him. We have this bad, messed up idea that we're impressing people that we're so religious and know so much and we've been in the faith so long when we're judgmental and condemning and and that's wrong and this wrong and we're able to point out everything. That don't impress me when somebody does that. I hear it everywhere I go. You know what that makes me know? This person don't really know much about grace. And they wouldn't dare take their clothes off and show you their nakedness in front of them. They wouldn't dare do that. But that's what men are doing. Trying to act like they know something and they've been in the face so long and they know so much about everything and they can point out all the faults of everybody else. And I want to just sometimes hold up a mirror and say, what about this one? grace makes us say, listen now, I am the chief of sinners. That's not just some religious platitude. If you really are the chief of sinners, that will make you say, brother, you've fallen? (laughs) Well, then you finally down here with me. Let me help you back up. I i don't have anything to post in. Nothing. I'm a sinner. I can't condemn anybody. And the only reason I know this is God has been merciful and forgiven me and keeps doing it. And I pray he would just keep on mortifying this Pharisee in me that wants to climb up in the judgment seat and condemn Don't you hate that man? I hate that, that Pharisee in me. And right when I think he finally mortified him a little and got him subdued, there he comes back again. What I'm saying to you, brethren, is what we see in Joseph is a sinner who knew he was a sinner, who saw what great grace God had shown him. How did he learn all that? He went through all that suffering. He was forgotten in prison. You look in Scripture. I know we like to we get to complain about the things the Lord puts us through. The man who wrote three fourths of the New Testament wrote it for a prison. What would you say? What would you say if you heard one of the preachers was in jail and everybody started talking about it and everybody started putting their two cents in on it on why they thought he was there? That's what was going on with the Apostle Paul. And Paul said, "And everybody forsook me but just a handful. And that's the man God used to write three-fourths of this New Testament. And the man that God used to write most of the Old Testament, all the sons, his sons and his family and the Israelites and everybody wanted to kill him. And he spent most of his time in caves out in the wilderness on the run right And both those men pale in comparison to the man who saved both those men and the one who saved me and you. Our Lord was forsaken by everybody. You see, what I'm learning from that is, these trials and these falls and these sins and these sufferings that we go through, that's how we're going to learn. Salvation is all of God's grace. That's how we're going to learn what grace is. I know I've kept you a long time, but I do pray, brethren. This is the most important thing we'll ever learn in this life. This thing of coming in and just hearing pretty messages and going out. Listen, I want you to come here and I want to hear the Gospel preached and i love to come and hear the Gospel preached. This is where you're going to hear it. Out there is where you're going to find out it's real. And all these things that are happening, they're on purpose. And God's doing it to teach us salvation is a person that person is working in every life of His his people. Let us remember that and let us love one another and be gracious to one another and help one another look to Him. Because He's the judge. What He's doing is right. And He's working it for the salvation of me and you and each of us if we could just remember that and be gracious to one another. I pray that God bless that. Amen. So Listing off those questions and I'm sitting here checking them all off with me. Do I need to forgive somebody? Absolutely. Do I need forgiveness from some people? Absolutely. Our Lord works in mysterious ways. Clay had no idea what we were going to close with tonight's song with. Grace greater than our sin.